Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Well, let's turn, uh, turn to the Lord in prayer and ask God bless us as we join together in His Word. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we thank You so much for Your abiding goodness in our life. And Lord, we thank You for uh, the privilege we have to be in Your house and to fellowship with You and to, to marvel in Your wonderful love and, and grace. And Lord, we just pray that You would bless us with uh, Your Holy Word. Lord, that You would inspire us with uh, Your message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight I want us to uh, begin a study uh, that we find in the book of 1 John. If you'll turn to the end of your Bible and turn back uh, just beyond Revelation, you'll come to the the uh, epistles of John. It, now... <clears throat> John uh, uh, is named as the writer of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and, and uh, there are many who debate as to the writers of, of uh, the books uh, in the Bible that are attributed to John. Some people want to say that uh, uh, the Gospel of John is, is somebody different from the one who wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and then there's somebody different who wrote uh, the book of Revelation, primarily because they see the the one who wrote the Gospel of John and the books of First, Second, and Third John as as being similar in writing style, and they call him the Presbyter and uh, those kind of things. And then they talk about uh, John that was on the Isle of Patmos that wrote Revelation as being John the Revelator and being someone that. Uh, has a different writing style, therefore being a different person. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't always write the same way as I, uh, from time to time. Uh, there might be certain things that I would do uh, when I write that is very similar in each of the things, but I've, I've been known to write in different styles and different manners, and none of that is to say that it could not be, uh, that all of uh, John, the, uh, the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and, and the book of Revelation all be written by the same individual. So we're going to go off the premise that all of these are the same individual uh, as I said, uh, there are many scholars who want to debate as to who uh, these people are and, and these people being different or uh, as opposed to being the same. There, for many, many years, people all believed that uh, it was one individual that wrote uh, the Gospel of John, then wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and then wrote the book of Revelation. Um, uh, uh, regardless of what you feel about that, all of these books that are attributed to John have a specific purpose. Now, the, the Gospel of John was written in order to uh, help share the message of who Jesus Christ was. 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John was to help uh, in, in terms of 
uh, discipling people to help them to uh, those who are already Christian to understand and know uh, the way in which uh, they should live and then the book of Revelation is of course written as a way of uh, warning to those who may have strayed away from God to understand and know that God's judgment is coming and to have a clear understanding and idea of the of the end times and know uh, that God's judgment is there. Um, it kind of makes a neat package, all of these combined together as uh, having uh, a specific purpose and, and reason for sharing. And uh, it kind of all goes together. And so that's, uh, for me, why it's always good to understand and believe that all of these indivi- uh, books are written by the same individual. Um, we're going to look, though, at at First uh, John, and we're going to begin uh, this uh, understanding of who uh, what John is writing about uh, and uh, in the Gospel of John uh, the the uh, the gospel it is presented that Jesus is uh, uh, just look at the way in which it begins in the beginning was the word the word was God the word was with God uh, all things were created by him there was nothing that was created that was not created by him uh, and in him there's life uh, all of those are all uh, 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 all of what he is uh, sharing in that is to demonstrate the divinity of Jesus Christ to, to demonstrate to those who are hearing this message that is in the gospel of John um, that Jesus is the Messiah and to share with uh, with the reader an understanding of who Jesus Christ is uh, and uh, from a perspective of seeing his divinity and understanding uh, uh, what Jesus Christ his mission uh, on the earth was to share uh, the message of God, uh, the, the message of God's love, and to demonstrate uh, His divinity and and demonstrating the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made uh, as uh, 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 God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, God incarnate. We come to First John, and uh, we understand uh, in. The book of First John that that the the purpose and the reason for writing this is much different. Uh, it is uh, been established that uh, the the gospel writer of John uh, helped to establish uh, much of the first church as his role as an apostle, and <coughs> he is uh, there. Are, uh, groups of people that <coughs> have <coughs> joined together and a community of faith as a result of the ministry and the work of the apostles. And by the time we get to the book of First John, we see that there is uh, a clear de- delineation of the people that are uh, part of this group. And there are gr- uh, people that are within uh, this uh, community of followers of Jesus Christ that have uh, problem in their view of who Jesus Christ is. Now, as I said in the Gospel of John, uh, that you go back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then the Gospel of John, that is written to uh, uh, the reader to help them to see the divinity of Jesus Christ and to understand His role in the uh, Trinity and the Godhead and to help 
the reader to understand the sacrifice that God made in sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. But in 1 John, you have two groups of people. You have a group of people that uh, see Jesus as uh, uh, so divine and so uh, in uh, relation to God that that they believed that it wasn't really Jesus that died on the cross, but rather an image of Jesus that died in His place and in our place. And, uh, and so their image of Jesus is too high. And then you have a group of people that see Jesus and, and view Him as purely human and seeing Him as, uh, as uh, merely a human being, a, a wise teacher that came and taught certain things, certainly didn't believe himself to be the Messiah. And, and it was a tragedy that he died on the cross. That that kind of teaching that's kind of prevalent today in uh, uh, circles of people that are atheists and people that are agnostics and people uh, seeing Jesus as just simply a, a, a good teacher, somebody who was a rabbi, somebody that taught uh, surely a, a different perspective Perspective of their relationship to God, but not God in the flesh. And so you have these two dichotomies. You have these who see Jesus as being uh, not just simp- uh, not divine, but uh, 100% divine, uh, all divine, and not really uh, having uh, uh, really a presence on earth uh, and and therefore uh, didn't die on the cross, but really an image of Him that died on the cross. And the others that don't see Him uh, as anything more than human, not divine. So uh, you see Him too high, too divine, or too human. And John's desire is to help them to understand that uh, that Jesus is both 100% divine and 100% human. That he is uh, that he is uh, all that together. And so uh, John is writing uh, for these uh, people so that he can share uh, his message. And so that they can have a proper understanding of who Jesus is. And so with that, we kind of dive into uh, 1 John and see uh, uh, John's message of who Jesus Christ is. And he is uh, trying to help reinforce that in this first uh, set of verses. In, In 1 John chapter 1, it says, "...that which was from the beginning..." which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Uh, So John here is describing the person of Jesus Christ. He's, He's saying, this is not something that I'm passing down. It's something I've heard. This is not hearsay. This is not secondhand knowledge. He says, this, if what I'm sharing with you, these are the things that I have seen, that I've heard, those things that have, are from the very beginning, Jesus Christ, um, which we've heard, which we've seen with, with our own eyes, what we've looked upon, which where our hands have handled. He says, I'm sharing with you firsthand knowledge. In the court of law, that is uh, what 
needs to be established in order for someone to serve as a witness, to give testimony to the events. Have, having had first-hand knowledge, knowing firsthand uh, the events that happened at a certain, uh, on a certain date, at a certain time, at a certain location. Uh, you can't simply, and you can't simply have just, simp- uh, just have been there, but you, you have to have witnessed it, lived through it, know for a sh- uh, without a shadow of a doubt the events that happened. And that's what John is saying. He is establishing himself as a witness of Jesus Christ. He says, I know firsthand Jesus Christ. I know uh, what happened. I, I saw, I touched, I felt, uh, I witnessed. I know exactly what I'm talking about. And so he, he's establishing himself as a witness to these individuals. He says in verse 2, For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. And so now he's establishing not only the fact that he is a witness, but he is establishing Jesus Christ uh, and his uh, position as being uh, from sent from God. He says, uh, in the first verse, he says, that which was from the beginning. Okay, that doesn't describe a hundred percent of us. None of us were at the beginning when when God said in the beginning, uh, "Let there be light." None of us were there, but John is saying Jesus Christ was there, and he's saying uh, so. In the first verse, he establishes that he's talking about Jesus. Now he's describing. Uh, Jesus, he says, for the life was manifested and we have seen it. God allowed us to, uh, uh, this is the idea of manifested. It's all, uh, Jesus Christ has always been. So God didn't produce Jesus. He's always been there. So he is allowed, and, and basically he's saying he has allowed us to be aware of who He is. He's allowed us, He's manifested. He has demonstrated Himself for us. And He says, His life was manifested for us, it was demonstrated, was revealed to us, and we have seen it, we bear witness to it, and we are sharing with you, we show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and is Jesus is, is His Son, Jesus Christ. So He's gone through all of that in order to, to demonstrate to us who Jesus Christ is and the fact that He is, is showing to us who Jesus is. And these things that we write unto you, that your joy may be full. Okay, that's the real meat of this first section of this is verse 4. Because John is is establishing who he is and why he's sharing with uh, them about Jesus Christ. 
And he said, he's saying to them, We're, I'm writing this to you because you need to understand the joy that can be a part of your life. John's describing for us his uh, motivation, his, uh, 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 his uh, all of the, the uh, purpose in why he is writing. It's not simply uh, because he's wanting to, you know, <clears throat> you and I get these phone calls every afternoon or sometimes uh, even in the morning or late in the evening, we get these calls. And we can know right away from just picking up the phone what the reason for the person's call is. And I'm not talking about uh, looking down and seeing on your caller ID screen that it's somebody you know. It, it could be a number that it, it, you get these calls with numbers from Jamaica or you get them from Arizona and you don't have anybody that lives in Arizona that you know or, or over there in California somewhere or even in Canada. And you know right away this is a telemarketer. This is somebody that you don't want to talk to. Their, try, their whole motivation, their whole purpose is to sell you something so they can uh, make some money so that they can uh, or scam some money out of you. You know right away. <clears throat> and then sometimes you'll get the call and it'll, it'll pull up. I, I, I especially don't like these that come up and it says... United States. I mean, it's not even a specific location in the United States. It just says all the all of the United States is calling me. Uh, uh, this is this is a just a uh, one of probably thousands of phone lines that's a part of a phone bank, and they're sending out these calls uh, to anybody that that has a phone number, and they're trying to, and it'll link you up with an operator as soon as you answer the phone. And but I'll sometimes answer them because it'll be a phone number. They've gotten smart. They've gotten to where they'll uh, uh, have a, a phone number that that pulls up in the area where you live, and it'll pull up. And you don't know if it's one of your neighbors or somebody that you know that that's calling from a landline. I mean, there are people that still have those out there, and uh, that you haven't put in your phone or. Or something like that, or even a cell phone that that you're not familiar with, but it's a local number, and so you'll answer it, and it'll it'll do this this thing. Whoop. It'll make this noise, and that noise is to to cut the the call off if if your call is uh, answered by either the uh, voicemail or uh, answering machine so that the the computer can go on to the next number. They don't want to uh, waste time talking to a, uh, a voicemail or to an answer machine. So it makes that uh, sound uh, to make your voicemail or your answer machine do something in response that will then uh, will make it cut off so that the computer can go on to the next uh, call. And that's exactly what I do when I hear that noise. I cut them off. I hit in when I hear that noise because I know what that means. We know the the purpose and the reason for those calls is just to aggravate us and cause us to... to uh, uh, 
get all frustrated and, and mad because we're being uh, our dinner's being interrupted and so we know the reason for those John is writing and he is sharing with us right up front the purpose of his writing he is writing to help the people of that congregation to understand and know who Jesus Christ is and in knowing who Jesus Christ is that their life might be fulfilled that their life might be filled with joy that their uh, that their life might might have meaning because of the fact that they have Jesus in their life. And what John is doing also is he's share he's He's in a way selling Jesus Christ. He is he is sharing with uh, uh, with the reader why they need to believe in Jesus, why he is so spectacular, why he is so wonderful. Look at okay, John. You know right away. I've already established why he's called, uh, writing, who he's writing to, what he is saying. Look at it how he is sharing who Jesus Christ is. He says he's from the very beginning. This isn't uh, just another individual. This isn't someone who's just a good teacher. He is from the very beginning. He's God incarnate. He is, uh, he is God. He is not just simply a man that, was, uh, that happened to be a good teacher. So he's establishing his divinity. He's from the beginning. He, he says he, he is, uh, we've seen him, he, we have witness of him, we know him, and he's the one who gives eternal life. So John is boosting up the divinity of Jesus for those who see Jesus as just merely a human being. He's from the beginning. He is uh, of God. He is the one who grants eternal life. There's no one who can give eternal life except for God. And so he's saying, this is who Jesus Christ is. He is the one who can provide eternal life. He is the one who can give uh, a, a glimpse into the Father and allow us to know the Father. He is the one who is allowing us to see who He is. By His love, by His grace and His mercy, God is allowing us to see who Jesus Christ is. He's the one who grants eternal life. And so, He is telling us all of these things of Jesus Christ. He is uh, the one who allows us to have fellowship with the Father. Not only is He selling us the divinity of Jesus Christ, but He's sharing with those who... Remember, there's two groups. There's those who feel like Jesus is just a human being. And so all these things, these attributes of who Jesus Christ is, He is from the beginning. He's of the Father. He is the one who gives eternal life. He's sharing that message so that they'll understand that He is divine, that Jesus Christ is, is completely uh, 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 in the person of God, a person of God that is allowing us to have uh, an entrance into the Father. But He's also sharing with those who think, remember that other group, that other group is, well, we think Jesus is, is divine, but He's so divine, we can't have a glimpse of who He is. We really are only seeing an image of God. We're only seeing an image of who He is. And look at how He shares... Uh, Jesus Christ it, to those individuals. He says, we've seen Him. 
We've touched Him. We've heard Him. We've looked on Him with our very own eyes. He says, Jesus was not an apparition. He was not a, go- uh, a, a spirit. He's not uh, just an image of God. We have seen Him. We've touched Him. We've, uh, we've had experiences with Him in person. Uh, he says, I'm a witness of that. I, I know Him. I, I was able to to, to see him like just like you and I can see each other right now, he says, I saw Jesus. He says, uh, also he says, not only that, but he is our way of seeing the Father. Our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. He says, it's through Jesus Christ that we're able to experience uh, that relationship with the Father. It is through His Son, Jesus Christ. He says, yes, He is all divine. But He says, but also He is all human so that we're able to experience. Th- this is not something, this is not a mass delusion that we had. It's not a, a hallucination. It's not uh, a uh, the fact that God is is so divine and so out of reach that, that we couldn't experience uh, Him firsthand. He says we were able to see Him. We were able to touch Him. We were able to experience things with Him. We sat at His feet. We touched His side. Remember the, the experience after uh, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection in which He's uh, there in the upper room with the disciples and there's Thomas and He says, I don't know if I can really believe that He raised unless I touched Him and I I feel him. And John is, is saying to his readers here, look, you, you can take this to the bank because we were there. We touched his hands. We reached out our hand and felt his side. We ate with him. We know him personally. And so he's selling Jesus Christ personally, intimately, he said, we had these, uh, this relationship, and so I am a witness to all these things, and you can bank on the fact that I know who He is. He's selling Jesus Christ just the way the Amway uh, uh, distributors used to sell the, the soap. He says, you know, one of the things they used to do is they used to say, you know, we use this stuff in our own home. We've had these results and, and we know how good a product is because we've we've had, you know, little Johnny's uh, baseball outfit that's just covered in, in, in grass stains and dirt and all this mud and everything and we put it in there, we washed it and it came out just as bright and shiny as, as the first day we saw this unit form and then then they have a demonstration and they say look here's here's some uh, nasty dirty piece of cloth and we're going to put it in some of the soap and we're going to let you see how it just lets the dirt fall away and look at it how clean it is and we're going to rinse it out and you can hold it and see how clean it is and that's the that's the the uh, uh, the trade of a salesman and and John saying look I've seen him I've touched him I've uh, I've talked to him I know him this is my experience and he says now we want you to experience it too. We want you to have that same encounter with Jesus Christ. Why? So your joy may be complete. What a wonderful way to describe the relationship that John has with Jesus Christ and the relationship that someone else can have with having Jesus. You know, when you go and you share Jesus to someone, you tell them, look, I've been, this is how I was and this is how I am now. 
So I have firsthand experience. And now you need to know Jesus too in your life so that He can do those things in your life. And John is describing that feeling of knowing Jesus, of experiencing Jesus, of, of having a relationship with Jesus as joy. Who doesn't want to have joy in their life? Who doesn't want to have a relationship with, with someone that brings pure joy into your life? Joy is that experience of, of euphoria, of, of having that good feeling, not because good things are happening, not because something good is happening to you, but simply because you have joy in your life. You have that feeling. Even when bad things are happening, even when things are not going great, you still have joy because joy cannot be eliminated simply because of bad things that happen. Joy is a, a, is a presence of mine. And John says, I want you to have joy in your life, not just simply to experience it, but that your life can be complete through having joy. Not just joy for a few minutes or joy for a day or two or joy just until the, uh, the euphoria uh, washes away. You know, they talk about having that mountaintop experience of having an opportunity maybe when you go on a retreat or when you have a Bible conference or you go to church and you feel just up on the top of the mountain and you're having that mountaintop experience. Joy is feeling that feeling of, of euphoria of knowing Jesus Christ firsthand when you're in the depths of the valley, when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, joy ought to be what we feel. Not because we're going through difficult times, but because we know our shepherd is there for us. He's there to see us through. He's there to get us out of trouble. And he's there to see us through until those green pastures and the flowing uh, still waters that we might be made complete because He is there for us. John says, I want you to experience joy. I want you to have it in your life because your life is just not complete until you have Jesus in your life. And that's how we ought to be when we share Jesus with others. Now here John is, he's just writing a letter. And he's sharing all of this about uh, Jesus in four little verses. And he's sharing with these people that are having such a hard time in the church because they're at odds with each other because some people see Jesus as not uh, being uh, uh, godly enough because they see Him so human. And the other people that see Him so divine that they don't feel as though they can really experience Him. And John says, look, y'all need to get together and understand that He's everything that you need, that your joy will be made complete when you have that relationship to Jesus Christ and you can have Him in your life as well. <coughs> and besides, you need to understand they've heard all this before. They know this message because John shared it with them before in his gospel message. And they're a part of a church because they know who Jesus Christ is. They've just lost their way a little bit. And you know what? We've got people all around us that need to hear that same message of who Jesus Christ is. They all have heard who Jesus is. 
They all know. Look, we even have cartoon characters that come on TV at Christmas time that tell who Jesus Christ is, why it's so important that we worship uh, Christmas because it's not because of the little uh, Christmas tree, Charlie Brown. It's about what Jesus did by coming and living on this earth to, to be our Savior and Lord. So we need to realize and we need to to share Jesus Christ. And in order to do that, we've got to have that relationship with Jesus in our own life. And so my question for you tonight is, is who is Jesus to you? Are you able to, uh, to share Jesus in the same way that John is sharing Jesus here in 1 John? Maybe your relationship to Jesus has gotten a little stale. You... Uh, kind of gotten uh, to the place where you're, you're not so excited about who Jesus Christ is for whatever reason. I hope that you'll be a part of this study of 1 John and we'll get ex- as excited about who Jesus Christ is as John is in sharing this message to the readers of his letters. Now, we're just going to look at 1 John. We're not going to look at 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, but we're going to look all the way through 1st John. And I hope that you'll come back and you'll share with others the importance of being here and hearing the message of who Jesus Christ is. And I hope that you'll reconsider your relationship with Jesus Christ and, re- and rethink about how excited you are to have Jesus in your life. I hope that just simply talking about Jesus gets you excited so much that you, you just want to burst because that's how we ought to be. That's really what witnessing is, is that we're so full of uh, the presence of Jesus Christ in our life. We're so full of His love and so full of His uh, uh, presence in our life that we can't help but share with other people. And we're excited about telling people about who Jesus is. Maybe by seeing that in John's life and reading about it here, that we'll get excited about who Jesus is in our life and share Jesus with people all around us. I hope you will. I hope that you'll examine in your life your relationship to Jesus Christ and really ask yourself, do I worship the uh, eternal Son of God? Do I worship and is He in my life? Well, if He is, He ought to make you so excited you can't keep from talking about who Jesus is and can't keep Him to yourself. I hope that you're, you get so full of His presence in your life that you'll want to share Him with others. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we just thank You so much that You've given us Jesus in our life. Lord, I pray that You'll help us to be as excited about our relationship with, with uh, Jesus Christ as John was as he was writing this letter and Lord help us to to feel that same excitement of that same uh, experience of joy within our life that our joy might be complete as well and knowing you and experiencing your love and sharing your love with others in Jesus holy name we pray amen